Hey, it's Allie. And Jenny. And if you like what you're listening to on Once More With Commentary, we would love it, love it if you guys would subscribe either from iTunes or Google Play, because that's where we are. And we'd also love it if you would take a moment to rate and review us on either of those platforms. Thank you. Thank you. And welcome to Once More with Commentary. I'm Ginny. And I'm Allie. And we're talking about <laughs> season three still today, or again. Not still, it's only the third and fourth episode. <laughs> um, but yeah, today but we we're are still ta- talking about Buffy, so I guess that's, that's true. Fair. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we're talking about episodes three and four today, so Faith, Hope, and Trick, and then Beauty and the Beasts. Um, I watched these on an Amtrak train. And took had to take notes by hand, which I did not enjoy. But then I retyped oh. them up, so it's better. <laughs> that, yeah. I think I did that for the first ever episode that we did, and I was uh-huh. immediately like, this is a terrible idea. <laughs> I can type so much faster than I can write, and it's just like so frustrating when the episode's going, and I'm like, I can get this out faster. My stupid hands won't write any faster. Well, and then um, your hand gets tired, and it's just yeah, like, Yeah. Yeah. But I got it into my little notes format so phew all my important thoughts are still on my computer you know actually that's Um, right when I was uh when I was in New York I had to take handwritten notes mm -hmm. because I didn't bring my computer and that's why I didn't really have that many notes because I was like (laughs) I don't have to write this down I also had to steal a notepad from our friend (laughs) when I was in Philadelphia I remember so I went to Philadelphia yesterday that's why I was on Amtrak and I remembered to bring a pen because I, I suspected that we were going to try and watch them on the train either there or back. Um, but I totally forgot to bring something to write on, like to write, yeah, like a piece of paper. And so then when we were about to leave, I was like, hey, P.S., I got to like buy a notebook while we're wandering around. And then our friend had one. So he gave me a little notepad. Thank you. I guess you nice. could have used the notes on your phone. I can I can text my texting ability. Typing is so much worse than both of the other options. Well, no one's I reading type, your notes except I, you. And then you no, could be like, no, no, what did no, I no, say no, no, about no. faith? It would She's say, blah, like, blah. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. The way I am as inaccurate as another friend who shall not be named, except I, most <laughs> of the time in our, <laughs> most of the think, time in our chat, we don't need to. <laughs> I catch mine. But like the, but the problem with me is that the way that I do it, it auto predicts things and then it'll be like way off the mark. So like if I went back to it, I would be like, this is literally an episode. This is, these notes are about like frying an egg, not about a Buffy episode. And I don't know how I would have gotten there, but yeah, anyway, I don't, no, I don't understand I'm slow. I'm so slow at that. On the phone. It's very bad. It doesn't understand what I'm trying to say ever. Ugh, I feel like, so you know what? Even a really good example, like, so I frequently try to type in the words rewatch two things. Yes. And it always wants to say rematch. And I'm like, yeah, why like, learn what I'm talking do you about. think I want to rematch <laughs> something? Especially when it's stuff like that is like, I feel like I use those words enough to be yeah. like, how come you haven't learned that? Although I will, t- <laughs> uh, this is really only funny to me, but, um, I talk about Terrace House all the time. 
when I was watching the first season, I was frequently texting another coworker about it because she had already seen all of it. And one of my <laughs> favorite housemates is this guy named Armand. And because I was so excited about him all the time, I always typed his name in all caps. And so now my phone does know to type Armand in all caps. <laughs> and every time it cracks me up because I'm not doing it on purpose anymore, but it's just like, and yet I am still texting about him every once in a while. Anyway, it, it, took, it must have taken months for it to learn that. I still haven't seen that anywhere. You I have not provided any that. sort of proof. The Reddit, the subreddit has not said that. I really think that what you read was something about it being the last part, but that's not the same as canceling the show. That like the season ended. I don't know because I, I, this list was probably suspect anyway because they were talking about Tara's house as though it were a Netflix original. And I mean, it's it, not. it is, it is, it is. Oh, it is, okay. it's well, one of those. Said, it's, yeah. It's one of those. It is what? and it's not. One season wasn't, but now they've done it. Like they did with Peaky Blinders and like some other shows like that that they co produced with someone else. Okay. Well, the list I saw said that they had discontinued production. But that would probably just mean that they stopped taping in ho- this current house in Hawaii, which is true. No, they just they released a new batch of episodes. The city was the last one. Well, that's not true either. That's the second one. I don't know. I don't know. Boys how and Girls in the was. City. Yeah, Boys and Girls in the City finished two years ago. You know, I okay, never whatever. I have I have extensive I have extensively Googled this, and there is a subreddit dedicated to this show, and I'm certain that people there would have found found out. But I also just want to see whatever you read, and you won't provide me a link because I honestly just do not remember where it was. I know, I know. No, I refuse to believe this. It's probably something that's not really true. Of, like Facebook or something, which is like even worse because like I, I never know I, what those yeah. are, like those things are. It wouldn't really be that weird to me if they canceled it, though. This last season wasn't that good. Yeah. But then again, I don't, think the, I don't think the production costs are very high. Like, they rent a house, you know? So, who knows? How much could it really cost? Like, how much does Big Brother cost to produce? Like, honestly. Yeah, exactly. Like, in the they, terms of... why we have so many reality shows, because supposedly they're super cheap. Yeah. Well, and especially, like, when Netflix is just throwing around billions of dollars on original content like that has got to be at the bottom of their budget like it's not you know it's not marco polo or whatever anyway well, they canceled that and they canceled that the one down this list mm. was very informative and they canceled bloodline and uh, see yeah this was an old list though that was that all happened a while ago yeah but i'm saying Terrace house was on the list I also feel like, I don't know if all those got canceled so much as they just ended. Mm, Bloodline got canceled. I thought, I thought Bloodline ended, but okay. Mm, I've only I don't watched know, I never watched season. it. But, yeah. Anyway, let's talk about <laughs> anyway. a show that got canceled <laughs> decades ago. Never. Oh. <laughs> did it, see, did it get canceled or did it just end? I guess everything got canceled in the 90s. Well, I think it ended, but it also ended because they weren't going to renew it. Yeah. Well, I, mean, I feel actually, like this is an interesting Buffy, philosophical clear, question. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Well, I that's a problem for season seven. Cancellation of Angel was a cancellation. Yes. Yes. Okay. Anyway, Why moving on to these this? ones. I feel like I should. I, um. So I'm just going to start talking about Faith Hope and Drake. <laughs> I think you should. Okay. So. Um, 
yeah, so episode three, Buffy is off of, you know, off the heels of this uh, zombie outbreak last episode. She's trying to get back into, like, uh, her kind of more normal daily routine. She's trying to get back into school. Her mom is there to help her do that. And she's trying to, you know, see her friends again and maybe think about dating again. Um, so while she's doing this, uh, we get uh, several new faces in town. Uh, we see a mysterious limousine pull up to a fast food restaurant uh, only to have, you know, there's two people in there, but we can only see one of them. And after they pull up to the drive through window, he vamps out and attacks the server. So like, ooh, there's a new vampire in town. Um, at the bronze, uh, while Buffy's hanging out with her friends, they also meet Faith, the new Slayer. Now that Kendra died, another Slayer was called to take her place, and it's this girl, Faith. Um <clears throat> who was dancing with some skeezy guy at the bronze and they were worried that she was going to get attacked by him. But then it turns out she was a slayer too. So she was okay. Um, and then also Buffy meets this guy, Scott, Scott hope, the titular hope. Um, and he is trying to date her and they're trying to flirt sort of awkwardly while she's kind of still deciding like, well, after all this angel mess, am I ready to date anyone? Um, so, I mean, I think faith is kind of the, well, there's a lot of important people in this, but I feel like Faith is kind of the big, like she's the big new character and her dynamic with Buffy over the episode is like, basically Buffy gets kind of jealous of the way she so easily falls into this like normal life. Um, and she seems to have a different attitude about slaying than Buffy does. She just seems a lot more comfortable with everything. Um, so that's kind of where it starts out. But of course we find out that the reason that Faith is there is because this demon named Kissing Toast, I mean, Taquitos, <laughs> I mean, Kikistos, uh, slayed her watcher like really brutally and faith had had to run away from him but he now is back in sunnydale because he tracked her down and he wants revenge on her because she like damaged his face in the fight um so they eventually have a showdown and buffy encourages faith to like defeat him as partially as a way to like move on from this really traumatic thing that happened to her back in Boston with her watcher. And after Faith does take down Kikistos, uh, Buffy realizes that she needs to do the same thing, like deal with her trauma. So she finally opens up to Giles and Willow and tells them what happened with Angel, which was that his soul was restored before she had to kill him. Um, but then the big cliffhanger of the episode is that at the end, we see that we see Angel reappear in the, in the mansion. Or is that a yeah, different place? Yeah, I think it's the mansion. Okay. So he reappears at the very end, uh, naked on the floor. Yes. Bound and broken. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, I just got we're... your Thanks. reference. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I was uh, like, wait, why is that familiar? Oh, okay. <laughs> you could even um, say he's torn. <laughs> <laughs> I could say that. <laughs> But yeah, um, I mean, this was like a, really both of these episodes to me were a lot of setup in a way that I last week was claiming we're not going to have any of those like filler episodes. Um, I think these two kind of do fit that description a little bit. I like, I like this one quite a bit though. I think that all the people that got introduced in this are interesting and important. Um, I didn't name him, but the guy that we saw in the limousine was Mr. Trick, who's going to stick around for a little while and, um. I, I enjoy him. I enjoy him a lot. I think Faith obviously brings a really interesting dynamic to the show. And Scott, I could kind of take or leave, but I think he's cute. So fine. 
I have in my notes that Scott is as cute as he is forgettable, which is yeah, very much. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do like him. You know, he's charming, and they have, like, a cute flirtation, but, you know, it's tough. I really um, like their dynamic. Like, he seems very, like, if Buffy could ever just get over Angel, like, he would be mm-hmm. very cool because, like, he's, you know, he's got the banter thing down. He's, like, very yeah. chill. He obviously really likes her. Um, yeah. Yeah, but unfortunately, he's just not Angel, so. Yeah. <laughs> he's also very um, Canadian. He slipped a sorry in there. <laughs> I I wrote that down, too. Him and Faith both. She had a several aboots. <laughs> Is she Canadian? She's Canadian, yeah. She figured that out later. Or, I'm sorry, she figured that out. Eliza Dushku eventually was able to get rid of her Canadian accent. I don't remember if it's in Buffy or if I figured it, if she got it rid of it by Dollhouse, but this first... Especially because she's supposed to be from Boston. It's just like, you're just, you're not See, speaking correctly. <laughs> I felt like she was trying to put on a bit of a Boston accent and it was throwing Oh, she's, she's like, definitely Canadian. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I have to say, so uh, the introduction of Faith, it's another really good fake out intro of a new Slayer. Mm, in, but mm-hmm. in a, they do it in a very different way. So like in the beginning, we see this limo with this vampire and this guy in shadow. And they're talking about the Ugh. Slayer. And so, of course, you assume they're talking about Buffy. Um, yeah. But then we learn that, no, they're talking about this other Slayer. And like, you know, they don't try to fake you out too much with Faith. Like we meet her. She she knows how to like identify and kill a vampire. Right. Um, you know, they see her at the bronze and she like singles out the vampire and like lures him outside and kills him. Um, we get, uh, is it wonderful or horrifying? I don't know. But every time I try to watch Eliza Dushku dance as Faith, and I don't know if mm-hmm. it's like her dancing as her or like her dancing as Faith, mm-hmm. but like it's very like jerky and like I don't, <laughs> I, I, like, I was like watching that scene and I was like, Oh, yeah. Faith dancing. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Also, let me just correct myself now. I'm totally wrong about this. She's she's from Boston. Yeah, that's what, what I the thought. Hell? But, yeah. I really thought she was. Well, okay. Well, she has a very strange speaking manner. I mean, it sounds Ugh, like she fine. has a little bit of a Boston accent, and she was trying to, like, either use correct it or it. not use it, too. Like, yeah. I, don't, I don't know why they wouldn't tell her to just use it, because she's supposed to be from Boston, but yeah. whatever. Um, so, but anyway, so we meet her, but then also I think the thing that stands out to me of that limousine scene is like when Mr. Trick attacks the, deli- the, the fast food mm-hmm. guy, mm-hmm. that is a legitimate scary vampire attack. Like yeah. the, his face, yeah. like he just kind of lunges out of the car. I was like, why are we watching True Blood? Like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> um, um it's kind of nice to have yeah. like, oh yeah, vampires are supposed to be scary. Right. I, yeah. But yeah, so, um. Just in the beginning kind of setup of this episode, I just really did like Willow being afraid. I want to talk about Mr. Trick more, so I'm going, I'm backpedaling a little bit. But uh, Willow doesn't want to leave campus, even though they're seniors and they're allowed to leave campus now. I mean, that's just Willow being her adorable self. And I also feel like I probably felt that way, too. <laughs> uh, oh, did you, we were, were you guys we, able to leave campus? No. Yeah. We had a closed campus, like doors were locked from the inside Mm. so well you could leave but like by locked from the inside I mean like if you stepped outside to like get fresh air you were outside and in trouble and could not get back in so that's um, definitely a California or at least it's like common I think in California because a lot of the schools are outdoors or like in multiple buildings 
see, I don't know. I always felt like it was more California thing. I'd have to take a poll of people Me and too. find out. But I mean, part of it too is like half the year you don't want to go outside. Like true, it's you know wintry and yeah. rainy and all this stuff. But like also, I mean, I'm trying to think. Okay, so where my high school was located, um, I remember very clearly the first day of school there when I showed up and realized that literally right next door to the high school were cows and across the street mm-hmm. was corn. So mm-hmm. I'm not sure where we would have gone. Yeah. <laughs> so, hey, we had cows on my um, campus. That's um, not true. They had, well, pig, we, they had pigs. They raised pigs in the second semester every year. And one of them, if you had like a classroom in that area, it like smelled really bad. Yeah. Well, we didn't have that. And I think by the time I graduated, most of those fields had been turned into um, housing mm-hmm. developments. But mm-hmm. um, I think there was like a Waffle House down the street. And honestly, beyond that, mm-hmm. like, like there was just like you would have to drive. Like there was nowhere to go, really. You had to drive for us, too, but everybody would drive. But wouldn't that just like waste half your time? Not if you I mean, there was stuff close enough. I, you know where I was eating all the time. I, was, I had my favorite place on speed down, order a burrito, and then we'd go pick them up and bring them back. It, okay. it's not, that's like that. a five. That's like a five minute drive, and you would wait for a few minutes. It, it was okay. I, I mean, and I guess everybody would take one person's car, not like all of us drive there and try and park. But anyway, anyway, this is a weird digression. But Willow is adorable. Buffy is completely wrong about Martha Stewart. I'm not gonna just let her get away with saying Martha doesn't know anything about cured meats because that's insane. Martha Stewart <laughs> knows everything. <laughs> Have some respect, Buffy. Um, that's, okay, also, that's I, I don't believe for a second that just, Buffy could do, like put together a picnic spread like that. Like that's true. No way. Yeah. Um, okay, but sorry. <laughs> Pivoting back to Mr. Trick again, I I appreciate that this is probably the literal only time in the whole show that they're ever going to acknowledge race at all. Like he kind of makes a throwaway comment about how white Sunnydale is, which I oh, think yeah. is interesting. I wonder too if him and and the character from the next episode are, I didn't, I didn't actually look this up, but um, I wonder if there was like some negative feedback about Kendra. And so they thought, well, we'll have more black characters this season. It's not oh. a trend that they keep up the rest of the show I, in my recollection, but I do well, think we, Mr. Mr. Trick is very interesting. Um, I appreciate that they Not until have, season seven, there's a right with another black character. That's who I was but, thinking of. Yeah. But yeah, mm. it's not something that they're great about. But I appreciate that he at least names, kind of says it. You know, he's he doesn't linger on it, but I appreciate that he mentions it. And I do, as I said, I think he's a really cool character. He makes a bunch of comments in here about, like, how he's really interested in technology and, like, being modern. And that, like, you know, the thing that he likes about Sunnydale is that it's, like, a dangerous hellmouth town where he can get away with a lot of stuff. Um, you know, when we first see him here in tow with Kakistos, but, like, you know, Kikisos is dead by the end of the episode and Mr. Trick is still around. So like, he's clearly kind of got his own plans or his own interests. Um, I just, I like him. I like his performance. I like his vibe. He just ran away to perform another statistical analysis. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. I bet he has Excel spreadsheets. Oh, okay. He now totally I like him does. even more. Like... <laughs> also though, I agree with you that that scene was scary, but that fast food kid should have been suspicious when someone ordered one soda. Well, who uh, would order a soda Sunnydale, at a drive-thru? You shouldn't be like outside at night. Exactly. I just, like, at night, you know, some, yeah, all the restaurants should close. Wait, they actually go. Yeah. Okay. There is a curfew in an episode later, but Anyway. Yeah. 
Um, I do like the introduction, though. I agree with you of Mr. Trick. I think he's fine. I think especially given, like, some of what we saw with Angel's technical abilities last season, like, <laughs> it's nice to see. <laughs> it's nice yeah, to see a vampire. has kept up. <laughs> now, it could also be the case that Mr. Trick is a new vampire, and so he already knew some of this true, stuff before true. becoming a vampire. Um, but <laughs> it, is, it is a bit refreshing to, like, have a modern vampire um, um, actually, yeah, the other thing that he reminded me of in this episode is kind of Spike in season two, who kind of comes in and has all this, like, you know, he's not really interested in ritual and, like, old practices. I feel like Mr. Trick is kind of filling that specific role well, right I now. I was going to say, he very much feels like a new Spike. Like, his introduction does, yeah. is very similar, like, it's memorable. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's aware of the Slayer, but he's not yeah. going to die for the Slayer. Like he, you know, at the end of that, um, of the episode when Faith and Buffy are fighting Kakistos and it's yeah. kind of clear that they might get the upper hand, he just is like, he's well, like, I'm not whatever. sticking around to die. <laughs> like, you know, yeah, he's totally, very much right. in the same vein as do. like, he doesn't die for his leader. He's more pragmatic mm-hmm. and, um, mm-hmm. and willing then, to ally himself with someone powerful if it's going to help him, but not interested in their... Right. Well, that's what I was trying to say without <laughs> saying it is he definitely oh, sorry, yeah. is going to find a new uh, leader to serve mm-hmm. in a few episodes. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, so um, no, I'm, I mean, Mr. Trick in this episode, I mean, given that he's one of the namesake of the trio and the, that mm-hmm. we're Faith, Hope and Trick, he's not really mm-hmm. that much of a presence um, because it's more about Faith and um, her being hunted by this Vampire right. who is so old so that old. his yeah. hands and feet are How cloven. old is he? Now, this is what <laughs> Wait, I was oh, curious man. about. You, missed my great, you just missed my great joke. How old is he? I'm just kidding. You know, it's like the setup for classic jokes. Ugh. You don't understand my jokes at all. Yeah. No, I, I'm... Wait, you're going to have to explain your <laughs> joke to me. <laughs> I just mean that, Kate, that like structure is like a classic old-timing joke. Like, he was so old, and I'd be like, how old is he? And then you'd have some like punchline to it. Oh. Never. Okay, fine. Never <laughs> mind. They make a joke about it in Community. It's totally a thing. You know, Jenny, fine, I haven't watched Community fine. in several years, so you're stretching no, 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 my memory I, a bit. That's fine. I'm only saying that as, as evidence that, I'm, that this is a real thing that someone would parody. Okay, well... Okay, I've really derailed this. Never mind. It wasn't that funny. It was funny to me. Okay, well, he's, he's so old that yeah. <laughs> his hands and feet are cloven. Yeah. And, um, which, okay, so he, now they mentioned that his name is ancient Greek. Like he, or mm-hmm. he comes from, he has a Greek name or something. So he's clearly <laughs> old. So, but what it was unclear was, is he, are his hands and feet cloven because he's such an old vampire or was he turned so early in the humanity process that mm. his hands and feet were cloven, which is a bit interesting considering I was never aware that humans ever had cloven hands and feet, mm-hmm. but maybe I the idea the former, is like though. he's a vampire of a different sort. Like he's not... Um, I always took it to mean that his, he's so human. old that his his hands eventually grew into clo- to hooves. It doesn't make that a, happen? a little bit of it doesn't make any sense either way. Yeah. So I don't know. Okay, but also I think it that seems that, like I think it that makes make more it sense. Kind of hard like, to hunt. Like you can't grasp things without an opposable thumb. It's a great point. Aren't but like aren't hooves made out of the stuff that fingernails are made out of? Like I think it was supposed to have morphed into something just by existing existing for way longer than a body is supposed to exist. 
like an organic no. body. Okay. I don't know. None of it made sense to me. No, this is it always make my sense. problem with khaki toes or whatever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> khaki trousers khaki was trousers. the one I didn't say. My favorite was kissing toast. <laughs> oh, k- taquitos is always my favorite. He said for something some... about kissing toast. I live for kissing toast. <laughs> um, or was it taquitos? So I love calling him taquitos. I don't know why that is such a funny joke to me. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway. But he's also not really a huge part of this episode. Like, no, he's not. You know, they I mean, he's a means to an end. Pretty quickly. Um, yeah, they work together to kill him. Um, turns out they need a little bit. He's like the master in that they need a bit of a bigger stake than mm-hmm. just the standard one. Um, it is a great scene. Faith just runs him through with mm-hmm. a, a plane or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so at the end, you know, Faith's going to stay on and we're going to have a new Watcher around. Um, mm-hmm. A bit and of a, a different slayer. departure yeah. from Kendra where we're, we're going to have two Slayers um, exist in the show, whereas Kendra mm-hmm. just kind of came and went as right. uh, death was needed. So um, yeah. she literally existed to be a body. Um, eh, the more I think Ugh. about that, the more I'm kind of... Yeah. Yeah. Um, but also Faith's introduction, uh, because she's Faith and the way she is, mm-hmm. you know, she's very primal, like very kind of wild a little bit. We mm-hmm. get several more instances well, of Xander just being disgusting. It's true. Ugh. And Cordelia letting him get away with it way more than she should have. No, she's not. She's like Xander. Well, she calls him out, but she scene. should have been. Like, yeah. But I'm saying she should have gone further, though yeah. I appreciate her reacting well, at all in the show. Um, well, yeah. So actually, I, I, I really liked the introduction of Faith in this episode. And I think, you know, again, with our, like, I've watched this show a million times. I think that this was one, this is definitely a thing that they got right from the beginning. Like she's very consistent in this episode with where she's going to be for the rest of the show, I think in my opinion. And I feel like the way that they set up her and Buffy's dynamic right from the get go, like everything that's going to get explored throughout the rest of the season between the two of them is definitely like hinted at or laid out or, you know, it's just all there in this first one. And so, like, what you're saying is, like, yeah, she's more wild and whatever, but, like, I mean, they literally paint her as, like, the opposite of Buffy. Like, she's got dark hair. She's more sexual. She enjoys slaying, and, like, she doesn't have friends or family the way Buffy does, and she um, has a bad home life in a way that Buffy d- doesn't really have. And But they also just immediately have a, a bit of a rivalry, sort of, like, sister rivalry, but, like, obviously, you know, it's very complicated that, like, I don't know. Well, they're both, they have the thing in, this thing in common in that they're the mm-hmm. slayer, like, and they're the only two people on earth who can say this. So they obviously have mm-hmm. a bond immediately based on right. that, but like, they also are so temperamentally different. Yeah. Um, you know, because, right. I mean, Faith is only, remember, Faith has been doing this for maybe four months, like maybe. Right. And so she's mm-hmm. already dialed in, like, you know, advanced, she's good at the fighting, she's good at mm-hmm. slaying, she's, you know, definitely proving herself to be a capable slayer, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but she's also rankling Buffy, you know, with how easy she kind of comes in and, like, can adapt to the normal parts of life at the same mm-hmm. time. Like, mm-hmm. you know, she's not, she doesn't have this, like, chip on her shoulder about being a slayer. Now, you can also right. argue Faith has only been a slayer for four months, so what has she really had to she- sacrifice <laughs> For slaying, because also, but well, that a fair and because her because home maybe life, there was less in her life to sacrifice. Yeah, like yeah, for her, exactly. maybe it she, was an outlet that was like a like a saving thing. Like she was like, oh, my life is. is so much better now that I'm a slayer. Um, but I will say that the other thing that I think they hint at in this episode, be you know, yes, from in the beginning when we meet Faith, she's slipping into all these roles really comfortably. But it's definitely a facade for her in that this thing that happened with 
with like God, I want to say taquitos, but it's ruining my like serious argument. Just this thing that happened with this thing that happened with taquitos, like he murdered her watcher in front of her, and she's super traumatized by it. So like part of why she's fitting in so easily is because that's her, you know, that's her defense against like having to deal with this thing is like, oh, if I just surround myself with these things, and nobody's going to notice that I'm really hurting inside, and that again is a thing that I think is going to that's going to continue to play out in this season is it's like, I mean, it's cliche to be like, Oh, the bad girl like really is super vulnerable, but it, it's true. You know? Yeah. I think now, so I, I think mean, that it is interesting that her, st- her, her introduction. I mean, it's like they, some ways it's interesting because she does slip in so easily like this, but they also kind mm-hmm. of really give her a pass on things where, you know, um, <clears throat> obviously we find out that her watcher is dead and not at a retreat. Mm-hmm. Um, and Giles decides it's better that she stays and all that. But they never really, like, I guess they kind of, like, assumed she was just terrified and scared. And, like, she did the right thing by coming to Giles and Buffy, mm-hmm. even if she didn't present it that way. But, like, she did lie and, like, kind of, like, yeah. abandoned her post and just, like, you know. Like, well, the Watcher's Council knows that her Watcher's dead. But, like, they didn't send a new well, one I, yet. And Faith again, like, why didn't town. they say anything to Buffy or Giles about this? But Well, that's obviously. the thing. So she's talking about a Watcher's retreat, and Giles is like, it's a great honor to be invited. And it's like, mm-hmm. why wouldn't they invite the active Watcher? The actual Watcher, no the only sense. one. Yeah. It's just because yeah, they're really, so, they're so mean. It's obviously um, there for comedy, but it's like, I just, like, yeah. don't really understand how the Watchers operate. Like, it doesn't seem, I, it, be, it seems based on, like, weirdly stuffy tradition and not so well, much on, like... I mean, but it 100% is that, though. Again, like, it's it, it's easy to point out these, like, their inconsistencies, but they're not, really. When we finally meet the Watchers Council, I think that totally will check out with the way they behave. Yeah. Um, but um, also, to that to that point, it's kind of the same thing with what you're saying about Faith, that they do, they do give her these passes, but they're going to come to regret that, I think, a little bit. Yeah, that for the, sure. All these things, that her ability to lie right off the bat, her ability to do all these things right off the bat, all of those things are going to come up again. Not... Because not about this particular incident, like they're never going to rehash. Oh, what, what really happened with your watcher? But like, but the rest of it is going to play out. So well, I think that that's her, interesting. Her enjoyment of being a slayer, mm-hmm. you could argue, is not a positive. Like Buffy's hesitation mm-hmm. of being the slayer is a check on her power, yeah. and it's a yeah. check on her, yeah. like for sure, her approach. So you know, we will see the problems of Faith wanting to use it as an outlet, to, like. Yeah, <laughs> use it as an outlet or do it to her full potential. And we see the reasons why maybe we should, you know, she shouldn't be able to do that. But um, I think the other interesting introduction of Slayer, of sorry, Faith um, mm-hmm. coming in is a, a nice little, um, and this is something we've seen or we will see later. You know, Joyce kind of mentions to Buffy because Buffy's right. obviously jealous of Faith coming into her life in this way. Mm-hmm. And Buffy always seems weirdly like, I guess, like, she sort of, like, not, like, bonding. Like, I mean, I guess with Kendra right away it was a little bit different. But, like, mm-hmm. she definitely has an affinity for these slayers that come in. But she also definitely is, like, resentful and jealous of them. Because totally. I think on yeah. some level Buffy enjoys being special. And Well, I mean, um, and who wouldn't? And to be told you're literally the only yeah. single one person on the, in the whole world that has this thing. And then it's like, oh, except for this other person. It's like, what the heck? That's well, not what like, you told me. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's a horrible burden. But at the same time, like, yeah, who doesn't want to be the only one? Yeah, yeah. So, you're super um, special. But I do love when... <laughs> Joyce tells her, you know, it's probably good you were an only child. <laughs> and yeah, I do think that was okay, interesting. But also, like, we get a glimpse of, like, that we will see again in the next season of, like, Buffy mm-hmm. sharing or in a, some kind of, like, roommate-sibling dynamic does not do very mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also 
also think that kind of lends more, you're right, that now that I'm thinking back, or this isn't the point you were making, but I'm thinking back on it, and they do, um, you know, retroactively we could see this as foreshadowing, but I think what really it is is that I do think that they're sort of painting a sisterly dynamic between the two of them. Yeah. In that way that we you never... have this one, you have a bond together because you're sisters and you came from the same family and all this stuff, but you also, like, there is, I think, I mean... I think for many sisters, this is true is that you do have like a, not exactly a rivalry the way that they're going to have one, but like, yeah, I mean, you get jealous of each other and you have these, like, y- there's so much that you can relate to about each other, but then you're also different. And it just, I think that that is the accurate description for their relationship, at least at this point. Yeah. I mean, and we also, we never really get an idea of like how old Faith is supposed to be. Um, That's true. Yeah. So I, I know she think she's only that she dropped out of high school so mm-hmm. she could be their age but I would I always assume she was at least a year or two older I think she's a year older too yeah but I think yeah but I mean I don't think they would but call that could also just that be the way older. she acts you know like she's you know what's interesting about this is faith is coming in this is faith as we could have seen Buffy had Buffy not come back from LA right like mm-hmm. she's on mm-hmm. her own she's run away from the watching she's living on her own mm-hmm. she's trying to make her way in the world um, obviously she and Buffy are very different people, but like mm-hmm. Faith is who Buffy pretended she was for, you know, a summer. So a little bit. Yeah. 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 Um, um, so the other thing, sorry, just kind of tying in, uh, I think that the Faith and Buffy dynamic is a thing that they get right, right from the beginning. And I think we've talked about this a little bit, but the other thing that comes up in this episode that is really consistent is Giles and Willow and their relationship with magic. Like, I think mm-hmm. it's clear, even from before this episode, but definitely starting in this episode, that, like, Giles is in many ways hesitant and reluctant to let Willow get too involved with magic, and he always talks about it in a way which is, this is a, that is a powerful tool that you should fear and not get excited about. And Willow always talks about it as, like, how exciting that I can wield this power, you know? Like, I think, again, th- the reason that Giles is being reluctant in this instance is because he, um, I didn't mention this, but, like, Throughout this episode, he he starts telling Buffy that, like, oh, I need to finish this spell in order to seal the tomb of a Cathal or whatever. And in order to do that, I need to know the details of how you killed Angel at the end. And it turns out that he's really not, he doesn't, he's not doing anything. He's not doing a spell at all, but he wants to help her, like, come to terms with what happened. Because at, up until the end of this episode, she hasn't really told anyone. Um, even in that last episode, she said, none of you guys know what's been going on, but she still didn't tell anybody. So, um, you know you could say that the reason that he doesn't want Willow involved in this instance is because he's literally not even doing a spell, but I still feel like their conversation was very on the, or very, very accurate, you know, to where they'll always be with each other specifically. The way that Giles and Willow are going to have to deal with magic is, is going to match this. Well, and also you're right. I mean, because he's obviously right to be cautious, but also we, we realize, like, he has no idea of the true extent to how far Willow's gone with this. Right, like, that's true. She tells him, like, he's like, wait, what have you been doing? That's, like, mm-hmm. like he's a little bit shocked at, like, the level that she's mm-hmm. attempting. Yeah. Um, and, you know, she gets a little defensive about it, but it's like, I, she really doesn't understand what she's doing with this. But then he also yeah. kind of, like, he tells her, you know, he's not mad at her. He kind of gives her his blessing to continue just with, be, be careful. True. Um, I think he recognizes, you know, Willow's not one to shy away from knowledge. So right. know, this is kind of her way of, um, like, expanding her knowledge of this, like, whole mm-hmm. occult universe. Um, but we do see that. And then also, you know, you, you know you're talking about Giles' approach to yeah. trying to get Buffy to open up. And she finally does at the end. But, mm-hmm. you know, I think also we see, like, 
he knows she's holding back on something. Yeah. Like, yeah. Because, like, everything she's told them doesn't justify her leaving. Not really. Right. Um, right. Like, her mother told her to leave. And, you know, she did get kicked out of school. But, like, even with I, that, like, yeah. you know, had Joyce kicked Buffy out of her house, Buffy could have gone to Giles. Right? Like, right. Right. Of course. So I think he kind of realizes there's something more she needs to say. I don't know that he expected her to say what she did. I um, agree, yeah. And, and I will tell you that I, I cried a lot when Buffy talked about Aww. killing Angel. Yeah, um, yeah. Because she, at, in some touching. ways, she's so matter-of-fact about it, but she also is obviously still, you know, torn yeah. up about it. And I do, it ties back into the beginning of this episode with, you know, we get another one of these dreams, and, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're exploring Buffy's guilt about this. Like, you know, yeah. she's feels that she killed him and she knows she had to do it. She knows she did the right thing, Mm -hmm. but she also feels awful for subjecting him to a lifetime of torment. And we, you know, in the next episode, we see her kind of trying to explore more about what that meant, um, Mm -hmm. that she had actually done. But I mean, it is, you know, it's nice that Buffy gets her catharsis, but it's also, it's sweet in a way of Giles to try to draw us out of her in a very non, in a non-threatening way. That's, Exactly. Like he's uh, that's very exactly what I was gonna say. He, I, yeah. yeah, I really, re- I really appreciate his effort at it. And I mean, it typically would not be on the side of like, yes, you should lie to people. But I think that he really is trying to be sensitive about it. And he's trying to give her the safety of you can talk. You oh oh, you're doing your duty by talking about this rather than you need this for yourself. Clearly, <laughs> you know, like I think he's able to yeah give it to her in a way that's like it, this is more of you doing your job and this is it's OK to talk about this because I need it, not because you need it. And I think that, that was really smart. Right. Oh, and, poor Buffy. Um, and then so we get to the end where, you know, Buffy's mm-hmm. sort of, you know, she agrees to go on a date with Scott and she's decided that it's time that she moves on. And of course, her timing is just it's terrible. Time for, yeah. <laughs> um, Angel to reappear. So what I but I what, what I wonder. So we see this scene happen. Buffy takes the clatter ring that Angel gave her and mm-hmm. puts it on the floor of the mansion because I suppose that's the closest thing he has to a grave. Uh, sure. I don't know. Yeah. Um, and she leaves and then exactly in the spot where she puts the ring angel mm-hmm. falls down and is yeah. back on earth but so what i always wondered was so yeah. you know we explore this more in angel, angel. on the show mm-hmm. like the reasons he was brought back from this hell dimension because obviously mm-hmm. it's not something that he did um mm-hmm. so what well, what i always wonder is like were the powers that be just waiting for Buffy to go back there and put a home beacon on the floor for Angel? I was, or would, it, would he have come back then anyway? Or I was definitely asking a lot of those questions, too. And I think that it is, yeah, I mean, I think that that's a, kind of a sloppy end that they don't really tie up, is that it was just a dramatic way to have him come back. But yeah, based on where everything goes, it doesn't make any sense. But that also, that would have called, that what would else have could they anything. have done? Because... You know, it's like this example of like, you know, the finale was so powerful. It's this great story. Buffy has to kill Angel right when he's cured and send him to this hell dimension. But obviously they've decided they're not done with the character of Angel. So how do you undo that? Like, and there is no clean way to do it. No, but and I would have been okay with him coming back. I think what's sloppy about it is having, it, it draws a connection between her actions and him coming back that I think ultimately doesn't exist. I think if he, he, they could have just shown him show up at the mansion in the same episode because it would still be happening after Buffy. You know, like the timing thing would still be dramatic because she's just decided to move on and now he comes back. But I think that literally the thing about like she puts it on the ring on the floor and then he poof appears right there is like weird. 
I think it makes it seem like yeah. those two actions are connected, but you know, thinking me thinking through everything that I've seen in Buffy and everything that I've seen in Angel, I don't think there's any proof that they are related. You know, she it doesn't ever seem like he came back because of some, of Buffy. He came back for totally different reasons. Right, because know. no, and then no, they explore this. It's not because of Buffy. It's because mm-hmm. they decided he wasn't done like atoning or whatever he needed to do. Right. And they kind of retcon this later on Angel, but like mm-hmm. In this particular yeah. thing, it seems like she somehow magically drew him yes, back. And, exactly. But, but, but it's also, what I mean, I guess my point is, like, maybe because of the, the, the advantage of having your show set in this type of universe is you don't always have to be able to say this is a very clean way that we did this. It's like, it's just mm. magic, and you can kind of use that excuse. And it's like, obviously, they were like, okay, we're tired of having David Boreanaz just show up in dream sequences for the last... <laughs> few episodes so it's time to bring angel back and you know explore that a little bit so i just still think all those i buy that it's magic and that that's the explanation i just don't buy that they tied it to the ring i think that's the part that doesn't make sense i agree with everything that you're saying i just wish they hadn't linked those two things well that's the part that raises questions is like because the timing of it like she just puts the ring on the floor and angel comes back and it's like yeah i think that him just showing up would help it be easier to just say, you know, because magic versus like Buffy places the ring there and then he appears in that spot. It makes it, it makes you ask questions that you shouldn't be asking. <laughs> yeah. Oh, why there? Why then? Really why now? And it's like, it. oh, you're, yeah, you're exactly. Yeah. They're never going to say that. So I wish they had. Well, not. And what but happened to her anyway. ring? Because, you know, in this yeah. next episode, she goes she back and it? there's like a body imprint on the floor, but there's no ring. <laughs> so. I think it's an inside of Angel um, yeah, well, okay, so now that we've <laughs> started talking a little bit about the next episode, the next, yeah. um, we'll get into Beauty and the Beasts, which mm-hmm. I have mentioned before is the first Buffy episode that I ever watched. Oh, and, I keep forgetting um, that. Yeah, and I Certainly I actually remembered watching this. I was like, the scene that I, for the first scene I ever watched of Buffy is that scene in the cafeteria where, you know, um, Buffy gets the jello and, you know, Scott's uh-huh. friends are kind of ribbing her and calling her a little bit crazy and like... yeah. And I, I remember watching the scene because I knew it was Buffy, but I didn't know who these people were. And I thought they were maybe yeah. like the, the regular friends. people on the show. And like yeah. and now it's like in retrospect, it's like so random. Um, yeah. Okay. So, but that's, that's, I think partly to why this is one of my all time favorite episodes. Um, yeah. It, but also like you were saying, these two episodes are sort of set up and filler, but in a way that's done very well. Like. I, Everything about this episode is kind of set up, but it is, I think, in terms of Monster of the Week, a pretty mm. mem- memorable one. So it is, but I think we're gonna have a we're gonna have a disagreement. Oh no, I'm not saying yeah. it. Well, oh, you, oh, no, no, no. are you so, saying you don't like this episode? I oh. didn't like it as much as I thought I did. Okay, well, before we so, get into that, yeah, tell will, us what happens in this episode. I will tell you what happens. So. Um, Okay, so we see, we come in on the episode and it's a full moon. So Willow is babysitting Oz, and we get a glimpse of the lovely, horrific werewolf costume. Um, Xander shows up to relieve Willow, and promptly goes to sleep. So in the morning, <laughs> there's um, but oh, in the in the meantime, we see in the woods this guy running, and he gets kind of dragged and obviously killed. Um, mm-hmm. And so in the morning, there's a dead body, and. Um, you know, they're trying to piece together whether Oz could have possibly gotten out um, mm-hmm. because the attack sort of um, reads werewolf, I suppose. Um, mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Oz spends a good chunk of the episode very guilty and worried that he somehow killed someone that he knew. Um, and meanwhile, we get 
Buffy, you know, happily dating Scott and getting to know his friends. And we learn, though, that something's not right with Scott, with uh, Pete and Debbie. So mm-hmm. Pete is his name, right? Uh, yeah, it is Pete. Yep. Forget yep. Um, so basically this is a classic, like, warning of this is what an abusive relationship looks like. Um, right. And turns out Pete, like, made some potion to make himself more masculine Mm -hmm. or whatever and turns out turns himself into a little bit of a Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde situation where he turns Mm -hmm. into this like well like he just kind of gets veiny but he turns into like this really aggressive like a stronger aggressive version of himself and Mm -hmm. um, you know throughout the episode things are kind of spiraling where more dead bodies are popping up like first it's this Jeff guy and then it's um the guidance counselor that Buffy has also been sent to see who mm-hmm. she's sort of starting to open up to about her past with mm-hmm. Angel and she finds the guidance counselor dead and they all kind of put the clues together of all these dead bodies and realize that their common denominator is Debbie. Mm-hmm. And so then they immediately somehow make the lump, the leap from Debbie to Pete. Mm-hmm. But um, they figure out that Pete's the problem and... Um, Pete confronts Oz because he somehow thinks Oz has been hitting on Debbie. Mm-hmm. And um, so we get a Pete and werewolf fight, which is mm-hmm. kind of awesome, Ish. but kind of silly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and at the end of the episode, Buffy's fighting Pete and Angel shows up to save her mm-hmm. because earlier because, in the episode, because it's all out of order. <laughs> Um, earlier in the episode, <laughs> Buffy's patrolling in the woods and she comes across Angel and she's mm-hmm. shocked, but she knocks him out and she drags him back to the mansion and chains him up where she sees mm-hmm. this burn impression on the floor, realizes mm-hmm. something big happened to bring him back. Um, oh my God, I, wow, I did that. <laughs> keep going, keep going. But, okay, so Angel saves Buffy and that's kind of it, right? Like, yeah. It's like, at the end of the episode, she's watching Angel kind of twitch in his chains and mm-hmm. back know, in the mansion, but he's not tied up anymore. No, and um, and they try to do this whole thing with the call of the wild that I just don't want to talk about. I so. just ignored. Yeah. Oh, you're narrating <laughs> mute. Yeah. The narration has never worked for me a single time in this show. You know, for one of my favorite episodes, you would have thought I could do that better, but <laughs> <laughs> um, Ooh, that was that was rough. Yeah, well, so I think that my issue with this one is is there's a lot of interesting stuff that happens in it, but I didn't it didn't cohere for me the way some of the really strong episodes that we've loved do, where they I didn't so much of this was was moving the season long story along, and I while I do think that the like the Debbie Pete thing is is very interesting, it's pretty um, ham fisted, you know, it's it's not subtle. Which, like, is not always a thing. Buffy isn't known for being subtle, so, like, I can live with it, but it just, I just felt like a lot of this was a lot of pieces that they strung together in one episode rather than, like, a really solid Monster of the Week episode. Like, the, that part of it, like, kept getting shoehorned in to, like, make well, a bigger think, point. But I didn't feel I think, like, it, it, the whole thing didn't work together to me. I do agree with you. The one problem that I would say is that the fact that the beasts in this title are plural is a bit of yeah. a problem because, you know, yeah, we're already just dealing made, yeah. with, is it Oz? Is it Pete? Like all of this. And then, mm-hmm. you know, is obviously it it, they have to throw an angel in the mix and Buffy's the only one at this point who knows that he's there. But, but the way I read this, um, mm-hmm. 
the way they film the show, they assume that Pete killed Jeff and that um, it was because he knew Debbie. But like the way it's filmed, I assume yeah. Angel killed the kid because interesting. Um, and that he mauled him in that way because Angel is obviously very primal and like, feral and like whatever yeah. right now and like doesn't really know what he's doing and like maybe wouldn't have killed him in a typical vampire way, mm-hmm. um, because hmm. because we see so when Jeff dies, it's the only one we really see killed. They like the thing that puts Oz off the hook is the fact that the guidance counselor was killed during the day, right? But Jeff was killed at night and. He's also killed in the same woods where Buffy comes across Angel. So, well, so but, but based on what you're saying, could have been Oz also. No, Doesn't I don't think really let I don't Oz think off it, the hook that I don't he think didn't. Oz got out. He did get out though, because when they woke up, he wasn't in there, and the window was open. <laughs> Oz no, is not in the, in the library when. Oh, he is. You're yeah, right. he is. Yeah, yeah. I still, but I don't think there's any evidence to suggest that it wasn't Oz either, other than. Neither Oz nor Angel kills Mr. Pratt, but it doesn't necessarily mean that they didn't kill that other guy. I've always assumed that Angel killed the other guy. Interesting. Um, I've never assumed that. Because I how feel is like Angel he, eating? I mean, he's only been alive. He's only been there for like a day. He, how much does he need to eat? He can go for weeks without eating. I don't know. I don't know. But he's not in a, sta- in a state of mind to stop himself from feeding. Hmm. I mean, I definitely think that it's Pete. Okay. I feel like well, he, he mentions it as well, does but, he not? But I agree with you that this is the one complaint I would have about this episode is because we're even arguing about this, like, there is a lack of cohesion of, like, maybe there's too many hmm. plots going on and we don't really know, like, mm-hmm. what was what. Um, and, and the Debbie and Pete thing feels a little shoehorned in, except for the fact that Pete's the demon of the week. But, right. um, but I do, there's something... Even, and, and it is, you're right, it's a very heavy-handed story of, like, abusive relationship. But at the same time, right. all of that, I do think that this whole package of this episode comes together in a very charming way of, like, you know, it's it's a typical Wednesday at the high school or whatever. Mm, and like, mm-hmm. we kind of, it's is like one of these episodes where you get a glimpse of, like, the day-to-day at school and Buffy's trying to interact with fellow classmates and, mm-hmm. um... It's not her fault that that Scott's friends all end up dead. That would have happened regardless of whether she was dating him or not, probably. True. Um, But, and you know, poor Scott at the end. I know. Um, But again, he's someone who's going to recover a little too quickly from the death of his lifelong friends. um, That is true. (laughs) He's Um, not going to mention them again. (laughs) Uh, But but I guess the other really pressing question that I have in this episode is where the hell did Angel get pants and shoes? And why did he put them on? I know it's because it's on network television, but it's just like in that scene in Surprise in season two after he, or I guess Innocence, when he wakes up as Angelus and he runs into the street and he runs, he was in bed naked with Buffy, but he runs into the street and magically he's fully clothed. Like I know where Angel got his pants and shoes, but you're not going to like the answer. He stole them off of the body that he killed. (laughs) Maybe, maybe. Okay. All right. I, I mean, I don't disagree with you that, 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 that it's ambiguous now that you're explaining it to me, but I definitely always just followed along with the episode's logic, which was these are both Pete. I, I think the episode thinks that it's But Pete. The, the problem but with the right logic that is, is that yeah. they say they're both daytime killings, but, like, it's not. Like, unless yeah. they made a mistake in filming, like, right. that Jeff was killed. Unless uh, the I attack they were that implying isn't actually Jeff. I don't think they were implying that Jeff was killed during the day. I think once Mr. Pratt died during the day, they decided it wasn't it wasn't a nighttime killer, which is basically bad logic. Yes. They are just overlooking some obvious things. I mean, obviously Oz didn't kill the guidance counselor. Um, right. 
Nor did Angel. Well, no. I guess it could have been Angel, but it's not because yeah. the other guy confesses, right? Mm. Mm, I Maybe don't... not. I don't know. I think they just assumed it was him. I'm not sure. No, but I, when he's talking, when he confronts Debbie. Oh, maybe. Uh, well, I mean, yeah. And again, sorry, just to kind of go back to what you were saying that, yes, that their storyline does feel not subtle, but at the same time, like, as I say with all these things, where it's like uh, most of the time when Buffy calls people out for being sexist, it's not subtle, but also that behavior really exists in the world. So it's hard to say like, well, yeah, does this feel a little bit like a PSA? It does, but also... That to- I mean, I think it's a thing worth commenting, and if that's a cliche, then so be it. You know, I think it's worth pointing out. Well, the interesting thing about this is, like, so we're told that Pete's behaving like this because he's turning into this monster, but, like, mm-hmm. when he's beating up Debbie, like, he doesn't even need to be a monster. To, like, that is not, like, that is behavior that, you know, a, your average man could could be capable of. Like, he doesn't mm-hmm. need to turn into a monster to be, like, punching his right, girlfriend. That's right, right, what right. I think is interesting. Now, he would to kill the guidance counselor the way that he did. Now, yeah. but my question about that is, Buffy says that the guidance counselor was killed in an instant, and we do yeah. see Pete has these claws that could yeah, potentially do that. but it doesn't really check. But yet, when he goes after Oz, he's sort of like... I'll just punch you a lot, kind of. Like, it's... Yeah. And obviously, it's so that Oz has time to let the sun go down and turn into a werewolf but right. for the plot. But, like, I was just like, why didn't he kill Oz in an instant? Like... Yeah. This is just kind of, like... I mean, I guess Buffy... Like, Oz knew he was coming, and the maybe the guidance counselor was su- surprised because he didn't even drop his cigarette, which... Right. That also threw Doesn't me. Doesn't make any see sense, someone smoking on network television. I was like, whoa. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, yeah, well, I... But I I I see where you're coming from with, like, it is maybe more problematic, but I think a lot for me is, like, I'm always going to forgive this episode for its problems because Mm -hmm. nostalgia-wise, like, it's just... Yeah, I think that's totally justified. It's Buffy, so... Yeah, 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 that's fair. Um, Shoot, I forget what I wanted to say about Pete, but... um, Yeah. uh, uh, I totally forgot what I was going to say, but... I'll just move along a little bit. I think the other thing that holds this episode back a little bit, and this, you know, you could say this about the whole show, but I wouldn't, is that the special effects in this one are particularly bad. I mean, really, we've said this before, but, like, they're they're never going to get the werewolf costume right. This is a different werewolf costume than we saw last season. It's just as bad. It still looks like a guy in a dog suit. Like, it it does not work for me, and that they let it... Like, that fight would have been cool, except for the fact that Oz just looks so ridiculous. And it's the same thing with, like, when Buffy finds where Angel... That Angel reappeared in the mansion, and it's, like, a perfect outline of him with, like... Oh, like, it was God. just so badly drawn. Like, I just make it it's look like a little rougher. It's like a cartoon rougher. drawing yeah, of, like, a was, dead body. It was, like, it was. Yeah. yeah. So it's just, like, I think kind of those kinds of things kind of end up in here, too, that, like... I, Again, I'm not going to blame the show. I 100% understand the many reasons why they can't have a better werewolf costume. You know, it doesn't really fit the same model that they use for most of the demons. So I think a lot of the costumes in the show are good, but I understand the struggles that they're having with it and that they didn't have enough money to CGI it. And if they did, it would probably be even worse. So fine. But it does make it tough a little bit. Um, Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Uh, Although I I do love when Buffy goes back to the mansion and, you know, she's... Apparently, she knows that they had chains at the mansion. I don't know yeah. about that. Um, but we see her sweep Drusilla's dolls out of the way. Oh, I didn't even notice that. That's really I was funny. like, whoa, what a nice callback <laughs> to the fact. Because, like, Drusilla and Spike just skipped town. She left yeah, Miss Edith yeah. behind. So. Yeah, that's funny. 
Um, um, I remember what I was going to say. And I think that this is a little bit, this is a reflection on me too, right? But um, I, I think the, the other thing that I don't like about this episode is that it is drawing a line, you know, it's drawing a connection between Debbie and Buffy in that they're both making excuses or going to make excuses for their dangerous boyfriends, you know, have yeah. done it or are going to. And I feel like I don't, it doesn't work. You know, part of it is I think Do it's worth. Th- I think that it's a point that's worth bringing up, which is that Angel is this dangerous character. But for me myself, who have accepted this Angel Angelus dynamic, it's a little bit. And you know, it's like, well, that's not the same. It's not the same. So stop trying to make it seem like Buffy is doing this thing when she's not really doing it. But at the same time, she she is doing it, and that's a fair criticism. You know, it's like I feel I feel defensive about it, but I know that it's a little bit true. So that's an interesting point that you raise. And now, so I guess I. I never really thought about it too much like this. So, mm-hmm. well, we talked about it a lot last season. So, Angel's story was this metaphorical story of mm-hmm. an abusive boyfriend, right? Like, right. he loves you at first, and then he changes. And, yeah. and, you know, and we hear the guidance counselor kind of put it Explain into it. Um, yeah. these words of, like, he changed, he got mean, like, all this right. stuff. Like, yes, right. that's what happened. And I wonder if on some level, or mm-hmm. on the highest level... Mm-hmm. This or the clearest level, that this is the show addressing these criticisms because I'm right. sure this was said People about said the that. show. Yeah. Of they're glorifying this relationship that is this abusive relationship and like mm-hmm. all of the stuff. And this is not. I mean, this is criticism that like Buffy has gotten from her friends from Xander. Yeah, like, that's true. You're making yeah. excuses for him. Like if he changes back into Angel, you're just gonna forgive him for like everything that he's done. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wonder if this was the show saying. If it's meta. We hear yeah. you, and we get what you're saying, but that's not what we meant from that particular mm-hmm. storyline. Here's what it would look like if this was actually Interesting. what happened. Because, like, we do see the Pete and Debbie dynamic is very mm-hmm. clearly more in your face. Like, yeah. you know, he does actually turn into a monster, but he's abusive before he turns into the monster. Yeah. And I think the, yeah. the argument they're trying to make is... Angel is not in control of being Angelus, but Pete, mm-hmm. even without the potion, is a monster on some level. I mean, and again, with, like, that, that was something he sought that out. Right, like Angel his motivations for, for yeah. turning into that in the first place was because he was afraid of losing Debbie, and now mm-hmm. he's become... He was already a jealous them, like, you know, boyfriend. He's saying, like, you know you shouldn't make me mad. Like, he's all right. the blame is on her in his right. mind. For driving him crazy. And even she's internalized this. She's like, he can't help it. I just, I drive him crazy. He loves me too much. Like, she has to comfort him when he beats her up. Like, it's all very classic, like, abusive dynamic. But I wonder Mm -hmm. if it's the show saying, no, no, no. This yeah. is what that looks like. Whatever you're yeah. saying about the because you're right. The well, parallel between Buffy and Debbie is there. Like, but it's still she also interesting. Is, like, like she's making like she always makes the excuse of like you know it's Angelus, it's not Angel, which is true. I mean, he's not yeah. in control. Um, but also, I guess like, that's just the dicey thing about having a metaphor show that's also a sci, you know, also a fantasy where these things can be yeah. true. Because yes, she is doing those things, but because it's a fantasy show where there is magic, he is magically a different person. He's not metaphorically yes. a different person. He's literally but a different will, person. She so, will yeah. be saying the same things. Like, exactly. It's yeah. not his fault. I just drive him crazy. Like, well, blah, blah, blah. Like, you could say that, that all about Angelus, for sure. And to that point, Giles also makes some sort of argument about that in this episode. I didn't write down the exact quote, but he um, says something about, like, well, the difference is, like, if they're seeking redemption, or he says something to that effect when he's talking to Buffy about Hell Dimensions. So I think that, again, you're you're right that I think that the show is trying to say this one's different because he doesn't want it. 
I mean, I guess, I guess a little, I give a little bit too, though. That's why it's like, I don't know if I buy that explanation, even though I, I do, I know that I buy it. I hate a little bit that they're making the argument though, that like, this is the different abusive relationship. This one's okay. You know what I mean? Like, I kind of wish they hadn't, I, I a little well, bit wish like, that they hadn't muddied the waters, but at the same time, it's true. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're drawing a parallel without clearly saying one's right and one's wrong, but I think mm-hmm. the end of the episode kind of shows you where they're landing, where, um, Angel, Angel comes is okay. the day. Yeah. So yeah, it's, I mean, I mean, honestly, also, I kind of laugh because, like, Pete is totally Taylor Swift. Like, he's like, look what you made me do. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I, I want to go back to your pants and shoes argument, though, because <laughs> I, my question still holds. If Angel is a feral animal, up until basically the very end of this episode, when he finally kind of comes to, why does he want to put on pants and shoes? He's an animal. <laughs> he doesn't need them. Well, that's what the I mean. The answer like, is because it's on level, network TV. Feral, but I think on some level, like, even just being back on Earth, mm-hmm. it's like he's starting mm-hmm. to remember a little bit of, like... Uh, and the first thing he remembers is pants. I no. don't... Jay, <laughs> I 100% think the reason for that is because they cannot have okay. David Boreanaz running yes, around yes, naked on TV. Yes, That is 100% the reason. Thank you. I mean, like, we it is... I like it doesn't make any sense, but like yes. we, I I think the story, the way they tie it in is mm-hmm. I think he killed the guy and then stole, stole his pants. pants. That's well, how well, I am justifying this in my head. Angel stole. I have to go back. <laughs> I watch it to see if that's those are the pants that that guy's wearing. <laughs> Angel killed that guy for pants. I don't know. Maybe they were lying pants. around the mansion. Why does Angel? I mean, well, obviously he goes to the mansion because he's that's where he woke up. I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, also, like, we see him b- trying to break out of his chains, and, like, why does he do that? Why does he know to go to the high school? Well, exactly. Like, how Buffy? did he find like, Buffy? Does he, like... Yeah. Well, I assume he followed I, her scent. Me I, too. I, I but know. it doesn't... But, how did he know to be there at that time? You know, I mean, I think that was a lot... Yeah. ...of just coincidence, but, um, but yeah. I also... The thing that... So, just kind of to talk about Angel more, though, because we didn't really discuss his being in a hell dimension, um... What I do like about this episode, or what I like, what I continue to like about Anne, is that they did lay out these dimensions for us right in the beginning. That way, when it comes up again now, it's not a surprise. You know what I mean? It is a surprise that Angel's coming back, but it helps us understand where he's been, I think. Um, but that being said, I, I wonder how his experience would have been different in that dimension had he been Angelus. That is the sort of, you know, again, based on what we saw in Anne, you know, he wouldn't have necessarily just been the ruler of whatever dimension. I guess he was just willing to take that risk. Well, there's a question of, like, how how much can you be tortured if you don't have a soul? Because... I mean, physically, you could still be physically tortured. Right, but Angelus, without a soul, was the one who wanted to bring this dimension to, Mm -hmm. to life. So, you know... There's a question I just really wonder like, what it what it looks like. Yeah, I it's mean, not a or I was Angel ask. especially tortured because he's the one who tried to open Akathla and also the one who closed it? So mm-hmm. Akathla, yeah. on some level, or whoever's running the demon dimension down there, was like, "You messed up, and you <laughs> you're the one who gets like especially punished for it." Yeah, and um, I think that that does also track with what Akathla was able to do. Oh no, I'm thinking yeah. of the judge. Never mind. I take it back. Yeah. Scratch, scratch, scratch. Um and we do get Giles kind of laying out to her a little bit more the rules of the dimension because Buffy's asking questions because, mm-hmm. you know, Giles thinks she's just curious, but she's asking because she wants to know how is Angel here? Right. <laughs> and right. um 
I, I also was surprised that Giles had all his mystical books in the card catalog. Me because... too! Yeah, so what the heck, Giles? Any student could just go in there. Doesn't make sense. Unless it was like his special card catalog. I don't know. It's right there in the library. I I don't know. No, I was I'm like, <laughs> kudos to Buffy for knowing how to use a card catalog, but like, yeah. why are these books in the card catalog? <laughs> um, so... You know, she's asking these questions, and Giles is telling her, like, you know, that hell dimension was supposed to be especially terrible. It mm-hmm. would have been hundreds of years of torment, and um, because it's only been like four months, so. Yeah. Um, but it's enough to turn Angel a little bit like traumatized. I mean, he's mm-hmm. basically like Theon in Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. <laughs> like just yeah. like twitchy and like don't touch me and like you know. I mean, um, he thinks everything is a threat, he, which is fair. Yeah. I, except he, on some level, knows that Buffy's not. Um, so, uh, yeah. I, there's a lot of questions that... I think they explore this a little more on Angel. And mm-hmm. I think that for now, I'm just willing to let some of this stuff go. I, don't I know. mean, and even, I do even have... getting through Angel, I never really think their explanations make sense. I think the explanation is magic, and we wanted him back. And... Any attempts to right. explain it further than that are ultimately not going to work for me. For me, I think so. I, I fi- yeah. I'm I'm fine with it. It's we, this is a magical world, and Angel is magically back. Done. End of story. <laughs> Let's yeah. deal with the dynamics. Um, speaking of dynamics, I do want to talk a little bit about Willow and Oz in this okay. episode. Um, it is because nice. we do. I, it is so I cute. Hope you're like, going to say something nice. <laughs> how they handle Oz the wolf, like mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, you know Willow stays with him while she while he's turned because I guess mm-hmm. obviously they have to make sure he doesn't escape um you know she talks to him he's obviously has no clue who she is mm-hmm. and I love when she like when she leaves she says bye to him like she remembers yeah. to be nice to him even though he's totally like unaware yeah and then we see the reverse of this is Xander is like yeah 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 he just shows up and like he tries to tell Giles like oh I I rested my eyes like he walked into the library laid down and on the went table to and sleep. went to sleep like I mean, it's really frustrating, though, because, like, he should know, as well as anybody on the planet, that, like, this is a real threat and you need to take it seriously. I also suspect that I might start a chart of, like, times that Xander irrevocably makes a mistake. You know, like, just be responsible, Xander, or don't accept this this gig. What? Why do any of them even trust Xander to, like, do any of this? Like, you know, we see later in the episode, if they can't trust him with a single thing. I know. Like, well, they see, we see them give Faith watch duty, and she Mm -hmm. totally is fine until Buffy Mm -hmm. comes and relieves her. But, like, but Faith is there. Like, she's not falling asleep on the job. So, like, Mm -hmm. Xander is just like, yeah. Man, Uh, he is being a hole for himself (laughs) right now that I might never get out of. (laughs) Yeah. But speaking of charts, I really did start some, uh, Google Sheets where I'm tracking yes. things. So this does go on my list of episodes where misogyny is the real villain. <laughs> yeah. Because I um, think that that's fair. That's the whole, you know, that's definitely part of what's feeding Pete and motivating him in the first place. Yeah. Um, so I have another thing to say about Willow and Oz, though, which is oh, that yeah. I do love that Willow is going above and beyond to prove that Oz didn't do this only you know uh-huh. for her too but also for him like she knows how traumatized mm-hmm. he is by the thought that he might have killed this guy and so mm-hmm. she's like taking her little lunchbox to the morgue and like going to you know mm-hmm. check the body and i do love how she like makes it just until she's done and then she sits <laughs> down um, but like That's she's true. really like she's trying to help him in every way that she can to prove that he didn't do this and mm-hmm. 
I don't know, it's just really sweet, like, to see, like, yeah. you know, she, she really meant it when she told him, like, his werewolf thing is not going to be something that she, ta- she holds against him. Mm-hmm. Um, and we see but that it is also, him. it is also kind of another, or the first episode that we, it's really the first time we've seen it, Oz as a werewolf again since Phases, I think. Um, so it is also kind yeah. of the time that we get to see him dealing with what does this mean a little bit, you know? Like, if he had killed that guy, what would that have meant for Oz the human? Because he would have done it, but he wasn't, you know. Like, I think he's starting to ask those questions a little bit. So I have a couple more, like, random thoughts, I think, about this episode. Um, One is, who was watching Debbie and her boyfriend when they go into the closet? Mm. Because the way it was framed, like, the shot, it was, like, Mm -hmm. because it was, like, the camera was, like, it was was filmed like someone was watching. I think that was just for effect. Okay, well, that was weird. To feel like Pete's jealous gaze, because they did film it from his eyes a little bit. No, it was Pete and Debbie going into no, the No, 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 I know, but I'm saying earlier in the episode, like, when they when Oz and her were having a conversation, it was also, I think, filmed like that, and it was meant to be him. I'm yeah, saying, but, I think it's just but evoking it that been feeling. Him because he no, was, I know, I know. Uh, I'm saying okay. it's evoking that feeling. I don't think it meant to be anybody. Nobody would have been there. Or it could have been I Angel, it, I, I know. Guess. That's why it, I thought it was a weird... Well, no, it was daylight. That's why I thought yeah. it was really weird. So then, um, no one. But then yeah. also, we see Buffy's fighting Pete in the library, and a bookcase falls on her, okay? Mm. So mm-hmm. a bookcase falls on Willow, and she went into a coma. And mm-hmm. one fell on Buffy, and Buffy just gets up. Mm-hmm. So let's just, you know, take a second to acknowledge Buffy's power. <laughs> She's very strong. Yeah. Um, I do like how Willow pulls the werewolf tail in the fight <laughs> to try to distract him. <laughs> um, okay, and then the last thing I want to talk about is Buffy's patrolling outfit that she then wears for, like, the rest of the episode. I really, uh-huh. really like. I love the purple leather jacket with that shirt. And okay. It's just very cute. I haven't talked about fashion in a while, so yeah, uh, we I haven't. wanted to, it's yeah. Mention um, it. Okay. Because it's generally gotten less like terrible (laughs) I have less to say about it but um I do really like that 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 particular outfit so um now Mm -hmm. I'm gonna go back and speaking of clothes I am Mm -hmm. gonna go back I think and see what pants that guy's wearing in the beginning yeah but why would why would he have been running through the woods why would Angel like it Angel had no motivation to seek that guy out. That's a pretty wild coincidence that this guy that Pete was jealous of and would have been willing to attack would be in the woods. Well, I alone. thought Angel was just in the woods, and then the kid was just. But why in the would woods. that kid be in the woods alone? Why is anyone ever outside alone at night in Sunnydale? Well, I don't fair, know. Touche, touche. <laughs> well, okay. Either way. Well, I would agree with you that this is not a perfect episode, but it remains high on my list. Yeah, yeah. Um, it did have a lot of good moments. I just have this like fuzzy feeling of like the first time I ever watched it. Oh, so, like every time I get to this episode, I'm always like, oh, like it's that's just, very sweet. Um, Um, but that's I think I've generally exhausted my thoughts on it so okay yeah well I am once again excited to watch next week's episodes I don't think I'm gonna change my mind about how I feel about them we're gonna watch Homecoming which I love and Band Candy which is just classic I, and hilarious. Oh my god, Band yeah. Candy is, I think, ranks even higher for me than this one. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, I think that was, a, this This episode was light on the jokes too. I feel like that was a little bit of it. Sometimes the stuffier episodes feel fun still because you're laughing all the time, and this one was like, there weren't really any jokes in it. I would agree, it wasn't really that funny. 
I mean, neither of them were, but the other one wasn't quite so heavy, so it still kind of moved along. The only part where I laugh is where Willow's talking about how she's still getting used to half a month. Yeah, half a month. <laughs> yeah, I agree. <laughs> huh. Okay, well, I'm excited for next week. Um, yes. Is there anything else that well, you're excited about this week uh, in your own pop culture in, life? In other pop culture? Mm-hmm. <sighs> No. I, I mean, yes, but like, yes, but nothing that I really think I want to share other than I will second your, uh, your good wife, uh, not good wife, what? No. Good place. Um, good place recommendation from last week because I did oh, catch yeah. up on this season's episodes and it mm-hmm. is like, actually I got the feeling that I got when I was watching season three of Parks and Rec mm-hmm. and I was like, like when it was airing and I was like, oh my God, like I think yeah. I have a new comedy show that I adore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. Oh, it's, it's been great. Um, but other than that, I mean, I've been reading a lot, but like, I don't know if I'm reading things that I really want to be like, mm-hmm. I mean, I recommend them, but then they're not like, I don't know. I, I guess yeah. I have mixed feelings about the things that I'm reading. So, um, yeah. I don't really want to go Name out on them. the limb and like tell people to like seek them out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's fair. Um, what about you? I don't have anything this week either. Yeah. yeah, it's been a quiet week, I think. Um, I don't know. Like, I'm weirdly, I think, not excited about pop culture this week. Like, mm. you know, all the shows are starting up on TV again, and I'm trying well, to decide if I care. I'm, <laughs> so. I, I do care. I've, I enjoyed the premiere of Superstore, and I pre- enjoyed the premiere of Good Place, but those are both things that I've already plugged, so I don't have anything. Yeah, I am, well, I am excited I mean, about like, pop culture, but I, I didn't have anything new hit me this week that I was super thrilled about. Yeah, like, I don't know if I, like, encountered anything. Um, mm. Well, because, like, the books I'm reading are, like, part of a series that I'm still undecided on. Um, mm. Although it's, yeah. like, oh, my God, it's, like, an 11 or 12 book fantasy series, so I better decide soon before I get six books mm. in and be like, well, I better finish this. Is it Wheel of Time? It is. Oh, of course. <laughs> well, that's fair. Yeah. But I don't, but that's my point is I don't really know how I feel about it to the point where I should be like, you should definitely read this. Cause mm-hmm. like there are moments where I'm like, yeah, this is really good. And there are other moments where I'm like, am I into this? I don't yeah. know. So mm. although I'm on second book, so I, you know, but I feel like if there are 12 books, you can't just quit after book one and say you don't like it. Like you have yeah. to give it at least a two. Get books. a little further. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Um, I'll probably okay. keep reading it, but I'm not going to tell other people to do it. So yeah. So that's okay. Well, my pop culture plug this week is Buffy. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, have you guys checked out the show Buffy? <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think this week I'm Team Angel because he did save Buffy's life in the end. So mm. he might have killed Jeff and stole his pants and shoes. But <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to be Team Willow. Also Team Angel because and, he's and back. Adorable. So mm, yeah. Which you can't be Team Spike when he's not here. That's not true. <laughs> <laughs> I don't agree to those terms. Oh, I'm team Mr. Trick this week because he is the standout to me and I really like him. He's bringing the Spike energy that Spike isn't here himself to bring. I would so question I've, I've whether we're allowed Spike. to be team villains, but we totally I did are. choose Spike at the end of the last one. So Spike is not a or villain. Or not the last one, the, the last episode of season two. Yeah. But at this point, he totally is a villain. Not in my heart. You well, your heart anything. is too far ahead of everyone else. No, so. that's nothing to do with it. You can have a team alliance to anything. That's just a fan thing. It's not a, like, moral choice. 
about whose lives we approve of. I mean, I'm judging you. This for is it. a fun way to geek out. <laughs> um, but okay. I think I'll be Team Angel, Team Pants and Shoes Angel. Team Pants and Shoes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Cool. And we'll, so, we'll talk to you guys um, next week. Yeah. Homecoming and band, band candy. Oh my god, I should definitely buy some like fun chocolate to eat while watching. Okay. Band candy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. I'll talk to you later. Bye. Once More with Commentary is produced by me, Allie. And me, Ginny. Our theme music is from the album Rockingham by Nerf Herder. And our podcast logo is by Ryan Cooney. You can email us at scoobies at oncemorewithcommentary.com with any feedback, questions, comments that you have, and find us on Twitter and Instagram at omwcpodcast. You can also find our most recent episodes and any show notes at oncemorewithcommentary.com. Bye.